Welcome in. Bill Michaels Show. Hour number three. Good to have you. Coming up in the next hour, a lot of Mike Clemens, a lot from up in Green Bay. David Bakhtiari supposed to be back at practice. We're going to hear from Matt LaFleur coming up in a little bit. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. Uh, here's a little bit of breaking news in case you didn't know. We're going to talk with Greg Allman uh, of The Athletic down in Tampa Bay coming up here in just a moment. But rather than taking a gamble and hoping he can stay upright, something that he's failed to do in five years in the NFL, Kevin King, remember that name, is stepping away from football. He uh, wants to prioritize his health and ensure that once he does return, he's able to remain in the lineup for the duration of the year. He's going to make his comeback in 2023 when he's 28 years old, uh, according to uh, Doug Kide of Pro Football Focus. Packers took him number 33 overall. We all remember the Kevin King pick. But Kevin King stepping away from football for a year to try to get try to get healthy again, and take care of himself again. And then he'll be back. Back and better, he says. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see. Um, let's do this. Uh, Greg Allman of the athletic down in, oh, by the way, uh, Todd Bowles, uh, the head coach of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers said, uh, no setbacks for tackle Donovan Smith. They'll see how the elbow feels on Sunday and decide before the game, whether or not he's going to play. So it looks like he's back. It looks like he's back. And uh, speaking of back, Greg Allman. He uh, writes for The Athletic. He is uh, down in Tampa Bay. And uh, also, in addition to that, uh, he's joining us on the hotline. And, uh, Greg, good to have you. Without all the weaponry for Tom Brady, though, I, you know, I guess how's he going to move the football? How's this going to work? Yeah, I guess it remains to be seen. It, it A lot of it will hinge kind of the next couple of days here, whether Julio Jones or Chris Godwin are able to uh, kind of push through their injuries and play. Uh, if not, they're down their top three. So you're talking about guys like Russell Gage, uh, Brashad Perriman, uh, obviously Scotty Miller is a name that Packers fans know all too well. <laughs> right. uh, those, those guys have to step up and, and play like starters. The offensive line has been somewhat of an issue. They've had some issue, uh, some injuries there as well, but it looks like uh, one of the big left tackles uh, coming back, right? Yeah, probably good news there. It's one of those where, um, you know, they're, they're without their Pro Bowl center, Ryan Jensen, they'd lost him in training camp to a knee injury uh, and played Sunday without Donovan Smith, their left tackle. But he practiced Thursday. Um, had a brace on his elbow. It's his inside arm. Uh, I, I get the sense he'll probably try and go. Honestly, I don't think we'll know till Sunday for sure, but that is a big help. Um, they've only given up three sacks in two games, so they've done a really good job. Tom Brady's a guy who gets rid of the ball pretty quickly and kind of makes it easy for an offensive line as well. Uh, every time it seemed like when the Bears were going to play the Packers, Akeem Hicks was down with an injury, and darn if he's not out again. <laughs> now, as a Packers fan, you know, you got to be happy about that. But with the loss of Akeem Hicks on the on the guys up front, you still have William Golston, Vita Vey. They still got strong linebacking core. Do you see any depletion in the defense at all because of that? Uh, a little bit. I mean, this is not a game you want to be down a run stopper against. You know, you think about Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon as one of the better, you know, one-two punches the Bucks are going to face. Um, I think went over 200 yards on Sunday in the win there. So, no, it's it's not ideal. Um, it means Vita, like you said. It means Vita plays a little bit more. Will Golson plays a little more. Um, they Their top draft pick is a D lineman named Logan Hall, who probably gets a little bit more 
uh, snaps as a result of that. So they're not quite as stout, but I think they still feel good about what they can do to, to keep that in check. What do you think of this Packers offense without Devontae Adams and the fact that uh, they do have some nicked-up guys when you start to think about Alan Lazar with an, with an ankle, Sammy Watkins, hamstring, Randall Cobb is out sick, Christian Watson, hamstring. I mean, this is not the normal plethora of talent that Aaron Rodgers has around him. Right. I think. Mean, I mean, it's funny with, with the injuries – the Bucks are dealing with, we wondered whether Rodgers might end up having the better receiving core than Tom Brady this weekend. But um, I, I think it's one of those where, you know, you focus on what you have. Um, it's kind of like, it, I think of Rodgers a lot like Brady in the sense that Brady's had some years where he hasn't had good talent around him and has still managed to win. So I think you, it's not quite as deadly as the days when you had Jordy Nelson and when you had Dante Adams and these types. But I do think uh, just the fact that you're dealing with Aaron Rodgers means he can elevate the people around him and especially his ability to kind of keep plays going. Um, it'll be a long day for this secondary, no matter what. Talking with Greg Allman, covering the Bucks uh, since 2013 with The Athletic. You can find him on Twitter at Greg Allman. Um, the, the matchup between Brady and Rodgers, I don't know if we should just relish it because this might be the last time these two teams face off against one another. Uh, thoughts on the nostalgia side of things with these two quarterbacks going uh, head to head. Yeah, really neat. I mean, I, I think the Bucks had this a couple times with, with Brady and Breeze going back and forth. You know, this is first and fifth in NFL history in touchdown passes. So like you said, reasonable think it could be the last time unless they meet again in the playoffs this year, um, which seems very possible. It kind of feels like this is a game that they could very well decide where these two teams meet when they meet again. Obviously two years ago, Bucks had to go to Lambeau. And they won there, but that's kind of different circumstances with a small crowd, with COVID. Um, it's nothing you would choose. So I think there's definitely a lot on the line. Um, the winner of this game probably has an easier path to the playoffs in the end. I, I've said all week that this game, while we look at the quarterbacks and we look at the offense, this feels to me like a defensive battle. Like, you're going to win this game in the trenches. Whatever defense plays better in stopping the run, whether it's Leonard Fournette or, like you had mentioned, A.J. Dillon and Aaron Jones, that's going to be the team that comes out victorious because I don't think there's enough weaponry on the outside to real. Although don't get me wrong. We're talking about two great quarterbacks, but this seems like it's going to be that defensive game. One of these two defenses is going to win this game and it's not going to be the offense. Do you get that sense? Yeah. I mean, honestly, the bucks, I mean, the bucks had given up six points total until there was like three minutes left and the saints got a meaningless touchdown Sunday. So no, their, their defenses carried them these first two games. Um, you know, I think the, neither offense has really had, the point that you expect from them, you know, Tom Brady, I think Tom Brady in his career, this matches a career low for him to have two touchdowns in his first two games. Aaron Rodgers is probably much in the same boat. Um, so at some point, one of these offenses is going to snap out of their early season funk. I, I don't know that it's Sunday though. Here we talked a lot about Aaron Rodgers not participating in preseason, not participating in the offseason drills. Obviously Tom Brady takes time off during, uh, during training camp uh, to, to go away for a while for some personal reasons. Do you think it hurts either one of these guys or does it more hurt the guys around them? You know, I, I don't think it's had a huge impact on the box. It, it was a little bit startling at first just because Brady's always been a, a guy who says every practice matters and every snap of every practice. So to go from that to taking 11 days off, um, I think you appreciate how much whatever he's leaving the team for means to him just because this was a team that he came out of retirement for. Uh, I think people were worried about Brady at first not having the, the same – uh, chemistry. He's got a new center. He's working with a lot of new targets and Julio Jones and Russell Gage, a couple rookies, Kyle Rudolph. 
I don't think we've really seen that be a, a huge problem so far. They haven't clicked, but not necessarily as a function of, of not having practice time together. The uh, the new head coach, Todd Bowles, taken over for Bruce Arians. Bruce Arians obviously moving up to the front office. How has that relationship been between him and uh, Tom Brady? You know, I, th- I think fairly good, honestly. It's one of those where it, it's odd to have a former coach still around the team. Um, Bruce Arians is at practice every day. He's in a golf cart tooling around the practice field like he was as a head coach. Uh, probably was a little too close on, on Sunday on the sidelines there in New Orleans. But no, I think, you know, Todd Bowles and Bruce Arians go back almost 40 years. Bruce coached him as a player at Temple. They've coached together a bunch of different stops. Um, so I think to have Bruce kind of still around in an emeritus role, uh, advising the front office, advising the head coaches. It, it it seems odd from outside, but it's something they're very comfortable with here. How are the Packers viewed? I mean, I know uh, kind of our up-close and personal view, but from the outside looking in, is this a team, because you start to go through the NFC, there's only a handful of teams that I could le- legitimately say could really have a shot at a Super Bowl, and I don't even know if the Packers are one of them. I think they're going to get to the postseason. I don't know if they have enough horses to get to a Super Bowl. How are the Packers viewed outside looking in? Oh, I think this is still very much, I mean, I think when you circled games before this season, you know, to me, this is a huge game. Um, I, I went into this season thinking that the Bucks, the Rams, and the Packers were kind of the three teams to to deal with in the NFC. Um, and the Bucks play both of those teams. So those games are just huge for seeding and deciding. You know, Tom Brady's traditional path to all of his Super Bowls is, is home games, if not buys and home games. So the way they did it two years ago with three road games, really wasn't the norm for him. So I think there definitely is a focus on doing everything they can here in the next three months to make January an easier month. Um, I, I still think of Green Bay as being right there. I mean, they lost. I think Minnesota's probably a little better than expected. Um, Philadelphia certainly has shown something. But in general, I still think of about the same four or five teams uh, in, on the NFC side. AFC, if anything, I think has kind of thinned a little bit. A lot of those second-tier teams that seem dangerous – Heck, some of them are 0-2 right now. So I think you still have absolutely the Bills and the Chiefs and maybe the Dolphins are there and maybe the Chargers are there. But there is, like you said, probably, you know, six, seven teams that we we probably right now think of as really dangerous postseason teams. And I, I still think of the Packers as being one of them. I know Miami is light years away when it comes to space in the state of Florida. But right. is the bigger story Tom Brady back, giving it another go? Or is it the fact that Tua started off undefeated and got his big game coming up against the, the, the Bills? Yeah, Tua, what Tua did, honestly, it's it's funny. It's like sometimes if something happens during the game you're covering, you can miss it. And, I mean, to look up and see that Tua had thrown for six touchdowns and 469 and four in the fourth quarter, uh, it was really impressive. It's like Dolphins were here in Tampa for joint practices for a couple of days. So you definitely had uh, an appreciation for what they'd done to build some talent around Tua, um, specifically some skill position guys like Tyreek Hill, upgrades on the offensive line. I really thought they were a playoff team before the season. I, I think we had that were pulled for like our preseason panel, and only four of us took Miami as a playoff team. So I, I was proud to have called that a little bit ahead, at least seen something coming with them being a dangerous team. If you give me a couple of keys to this game and who you think is going to come out victorious. Yeah, honestly, containing that run is probably the start. It, it seems completely counterintuitive to say you want to try and get Aaron Rodgers to try and beat you. But if, if they can take away that run and make that a less effective part of their game, um, all that, I, I think that especially with Akeem Hicks being hurt, a lot of that falls on the two inside linebackers, Levante David and Devin White. Uh, but if they can do that, if they can kind of get to the point where they're they're more predictable and the third downs are longer long way you know I, I don't know that either team is going to get into the 30s in this game 
So it, it could be a, a 24-17 type game. I don't think it'll be as lopsided as, as the last game in Tampa was when it was 38-10. I, I don't know if it'll quite be the thriller that Green Bay was in the playoffs two years ago. Greg, appreciate your time. Thanks so much, and then we'll chat more down the road, okay? All right. Thanks again. Enjoy the game on Sunday. There you go. Greg Allman. You can get a hold of him on Twitter at Greg Allman, A-U-M-A-N, uh, writes for The Athletic and covers Tampa Bay. Uh, kind of of the same ilk that this with the wet. Now, here's the thing. I, let, me, let me back up for a second because um, this is from Jim. Jim says, hey, you know, I can't believe you say that this is going to be strictly a defensive battle. I never said strictly. I said where this game is going to be won, I believe, is in the trenches. Who can stop the run and force the opposing quarterback into a mistake or two? Because both teams right now somewhat, I think you would have to admit, lacking weaponry. Now, we know that Lazard's nursing the ankle and Watkins and and Christian Watson are nursing some hammies. Randall Cobb's been sick. So you've got Samari Torre, Romeo Dubs, Amari Rogers, who are 100% healthy. Everybody else has got something, okay? But Tampa Bay, mind you, they're, they're you know, between Olio Jones and, and uh, Chris Godwin and, and obviously, uh, you know, the suspension uh, right now, Mike Evans, their top receivers are down. Brashard Perryman, Scott Miller, who we had mentioned, you know, Jalen Darden, those guys, they they've got some. Uh, Kalen Geiger, uh, I think, is another one that he had mentioned. They've got some, but they don't have that full entourage of talent that they were hoping to have, and not having Akeem Hicks. Now, I'll say this though, you know, Logan Hall is going to come in. He's the second round draft choice that they picked up this year. A big body dude, and if I remember correctly, I think Logan Hall came out of uh, I think it was Houston, if I'm not mistaken. But uh, that, that dude can move. He's got some good feet. He's six six and three hundo, from what I understand. Right about three hundo, three bills, two ninety something like that. But uh, they got some big boys up front, and then you fill it in with uh, Devin White, Lamonte David. You know, they they got a hell of a defense. So it's going to be to me. I think the matchup is what offensive line and run game controls the ball, controls the clock and is able to move it and put points on the board. That, to, to me, I never said it's just strictly defense, just so we're clear. What I said was, is which team's going to be able to defensively win in the trenches. Uh, Jason said, with all the injuries for the Bucks, I'm starting to sway towards the Packers. I was at 17, 13 bucks. Now I'm thinking 2017 Packers. You're right. It's going to come down to which defense gets a turnover. Honestly, I'd bank on Brady turning the ball over before Rodgers. <clears throat> Jason, I that 100% of what you said I completely agree with. Um I I think uh Rodgers doesn't turn the ball over. Now remember the last time these two teams these two teams played, Rodgers did turn the ball over. Um but I don't think Rodgers turns the ball over. It's just whether or not he's throwing it away or taking sacks. And if guys can actually get open. That to me is, you know, is is you know, if you want to circle it with a big red marker, that's it. You know, let's be honest. I think they're not going to be able to run the ball anywhere near as effectively as they did against Chicago. Although you're still going to try to get Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon a bunch of touches. And, and maybe Aaron Jones out of the backfield, uh, throwing the ball to him will be more effective. But I think you're probably good. Between the two, okay, let's say between both of these guys. Between the two, I'm going to say 
29-28 touches because they're probably going to go to the air more just because of the way that the game could possibly be dictated. So 20, last, you know, the first week Aaron Jones got, what, eight touches, five touches, something like that was minimal. I think between both him and A.J. Dillon, I think they're going to be 30 touches or less, the over and under, and I'm going to say 28-29, somewhere in there. I, I just, because last week they were able to run it almost at will and do what they wanted against a, a worse Bears defense. This might force them to throw the ball a little bit more. So there you go. Prediction time. That's it. Stay tuned. Got a whole lot more of the Bill Michael Show coming up. This portion of the program brought to you by our friends at Forgotten Fire Winery. So uh, you're going to be out and about this weekend. You got Harvest Fair going on down at the Wisconsin State Fair Park. A lot of different things happening up. I know the Moscano Island has got some stuff going on. I know they have some things going on out in Madison as well to kind of welcome in the fall. A lot of stuff happening. Street festivals and such. Sit back, relax, sip a bottle of wine if you choose to do so. If that's your if that's your beverage of choice, and maybe it's not, take it for the first time. Check out our friends at ForgottenFireWinery.com. That's ForgottenFireWinery.com. Uh, Blake or Jake, who is the master winemaker up there, Melissa and Chris, uh, the owners, great people. If you stop into Pestigo, you gotta ask for the Bill Michael special. Maybe you're heading up uh, into that area. Check out some of the fall foliage. Great place to stop off, listen to some music, get a bite to eat. Check everything out, I'd say, on Saturday, and then grab a couple of bottles and go sit someplace and watch the Badger game. Or do the same thing on Sunday and watch the Packer game. Or stop into your local grocery grocery store, liquor store, wine store. Ask for it by name. That is Forgotten Fire Winery. It is worth it. It is fun in a bottle, and they just love you to enjoy it. It's made by Wisconsinites for Wisconsinites and everybody else that just wants to enjoy a good beverage. That's our friends at Forgotten Fire Wine. More of the Bill Michael Show next. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is The Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Welcome back. Good to have you. Eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy. If you want to hit us up, do it. Would love to have you on board. Again, eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy. As uh, the Bill Michael Show continues on, uh, Ben, do you do eBay at all? I do not. I don't think you I don't? ever have. Really? Okay. I normally I do Amazon and stuff, but every now and then there's certain things you just can't find, and eBay has some of the old vintage stuff. Well. When I travel, I do, um, and Mike Clemens uh, does this as well, but the little transistor radios, um, the, the little digital transistor radios, it's hard to find an AM, FM transistor radio anymore. They just, they, they don't usually have them. And so, but when I go to press boxes, not you like to hear the radio calls because sometimes, I, I love, because the TVs, like when I sit where I sit in the press box, the TV is way up high. It's very difficult to watch the TV and get the close up, and plus, we'll get what you're getting on the field with the binoculars, the whole thing. And you, because there's so much, you might miss something. So when TV and radio people, as you know, they have spotters. So when Wayne Larry's making the call or Matt LePay's making the call, you know, he's like, you know, pass downfield. Oh my God, what a catch! And you can usually recognize the receiver. 
because you're there at practice every day. What a catch. And then they've got a spotter who's got on the tackle next to you, and he's usually pointing his finger at the number. You know, a tackle number 27, you know, Arthur on that catch or on that tackle, whatever. So you've got people. They've got people for all of that. And when we're trying to tweet and put our notes together, it's just us. So I love to have a radio in my ear. So every now and then I'll, I'll you know, like here, Larry. Larry likes to focus on the offensive line. So I, I pay attention to that, too, because I like watching the trenches more than I do the actual action. But I'll hear something. Larry will say something like, you know, man, did you see that block by you know Royce Newman or my God, Elton Jenkins just moved his guy out of the way. It's a note to pick. You know, I make some notes that way because you try to take in as much information as you possibly can. Well, somewhere along the way, I've lost my I had one of those old Sony Walkmans, the little sport transistor radios that used to strap to your arm from years and years, and years gone by. I lost it. I was stunned to find out that you can find those things from anywhere from 15 bucks to $400 online because you can't find them anymore. So when it starts at 14 bucks, it's usually on eBay, and it's the beginning of a, an eBay auction. So, you know, you put in your max bid. Like, what would be the max that I'm going to pay for this thing? And you just set it and forget it. You let it walk away. Uh, and every now and then you get a notification, hey, you're still winning and all that kind of stuff. It's exciting. I don't know why it's goofy, but I was on eBay and I, I won. I bought three of them. I, I started going around because I, you know, wouldn't mind having a couple just in case. But I bought three of them. I bought one for thirty-two fifty. I bought another one for nineteen dollars and twenty cents. My high bid on all of them, I put at sixty-five bucks. I wouldn't go over sixty-five dollars for a little radio for anything. But you, th- those are like some of the only ones that work inside stadiums for whatever reason. And the next one I won, uh, I got outbid on. Uh, it ended up, it ended up, ended up going for seventy three dollars and fifty cents for these little transistor radios that used to sell for fourteen ninety nine. Now you can't get them anymore, and now they're in demand. But I saw one on auction go for eight hundred dollars, which is just stupid considering there's like twenty of them out there. But I don't know when it says, "Hey, you've won the bid." It's kind of like, "Oh, cool," you know. If you feel like you won something, even though you got to pay for it. I digress. Did Happy I just waste about five minutes a year? <laughs> well, thank you. I can, I can hear the sincerity in your voice. It makes me feel good. <laughs> I just wasted five minutes of your life, didn't I? Waste is a strong term. There is, I must admit, there is a television here in the studio, and uh, the international team is just getting completely throttled in the President's Cup. You were Cup. watching that the entire time when I was talking, weren't you? Oh, I was, I was taking in every word with bated breath. But no, my, you're a liar. My yeah, eyes. But I appreciate it. <laughs> my eyes were looking at the at the golf. I must admit. Oh, <coughs> oh my God, that's funny. Oh my goodness. Uh, Brian says, "Oh my God, another transistor radio guy found one at the the antique store in Lake Mills. They're great for listening to baseball. It's it's I tell the only time I use them is for football in stadiums because it used to be." <coughs> Like the old press box actually had a plug, had a jack in each individual seat that you could plug your headset into and you could listen to the radio call. So everybody got it. You could listen to the home call. You could listen to the away call. New stadiums, they don't do that. I don't know why. They don't do it. So then you you got to tune it in, find out whatever local radio station is on, and you try to listen to the game that way. Just so you can hear, and, and not to be 
you know, this old school guy. It's just informational. You're just trying to take in more and more and more information. And the radio is usually a little bit ahead of actual television broadcast, but it's more in sync with the actual play on the field. You don't get that very often because most places now try to sync it to what is the most popular, whether it's Spectrum Cable or in that area DirecTV or in that area streaming, whatever it is. So sometimes the, the actual radio broadcast is a little bit behind the play, but you can go back and, and get extra information. So when we start talking and doing the postgame show, I can say, wait a minute, here's what was stated. Here's something to look for on that particular play. It's just more informative than anything. It's just one of the ways I kind of go about my business, I guess. Uh, 877-867-1670. If you want to find us, do it. Uh, this was from Tom. Tom says, uh, hey, you had great pictures. By the way, the pictures from today's uh, shoot here at the house I posted just so you can kind of see what was going on this morning. Uh, he says, do you think that Tom Brady is still going to figure out a way to light it up against the Green Bay Packers? He has had non-receivers his entire career short of Randy Moss, and I think he's done just fine. I don't think it's going to be a downturn just because Brady loses a few weapons. He's got good weapons in Tampa Bay. He's got really good weapons in Tampa Bay. I mean, Chris Godwin, solid. Mike Evans, solid. So, I, you know, I, I think he has good weapons. But when you lose the, those, yeah, look, I think Tom Brady, just like Aaron Rodgers, is still going to adapt and, and overcome. It's just whether or not they are in sync right away, if they can break big plays, do they have that speed, do they have that capability, do they have plays that can set those guys up, can they scheme them open. I mean, there's so much that goes into that, much like we talk about all the time for the Packers. You know, last week we saw a lot of motion. We saw a lot of stuff with Christian Watson and Romeo Dobbs where those guys were in motion. They were dragging the defense. Rodgers was getting reads off of their motion. So that's what those guys were used for. They were more decoy-esque than they were receiver-esque. But it's because they, they can use them in different ways and they could scheme guys open and they had a little bit of success doing it and more so being able to move guys in and out of the box to allow the run to be successful. So do I think, you know, Brady is going to have a terrible game and nobody to throw? No. But it's just who has the least terrible game may win this thing before it's all said and done. But I still think it's going to come down to the dictation of the defense in the trenches. 877-867-1670. This portion of the program brought to you by our friends at Quick Trip. Top tier alternative fuels. No fee ATMs. But best of all, Quick Trip right now, if you want to go off-road, Get off the grid with the Mountain Dew pep, or the Mountain Dew Pool Tab game from Quick Trip. You can be adventure ready and off you go. The Winnebago Rebel. They're giving one of these things away. Beautiful vehicles. And all you got to do is stop in, use your quick rewards card, pick up any participating Mountain Dew, Mountain Dew Energy, Bubbler, Muscle Milk, Evolve. I didn't even know Evolve was part of Mountain Dew, but Evolve is. With your quick rewards card, you're good to go. The adventure begins where the pavement ends. It's that simple. That's from our friends at Quick Trip. And they have all your tailgating needs and supplies as well this weekend. So check out our friends at Quick Trip. Stay tuned. More of the Bill Michael Show next. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network.
program. To the shoe. Browns last night, uh, their linebacker, Anthony Walker, he's going to be missing the rest of the season. It is official torn quad tendon. He is out for the season after last night's contest. So that came down. How about the Browns getting the win? Mitch Trubisky is, Ben, do you think he's the starter next week for the Pittsburgh Steelers? No, I don't. And I I probably owe everybody a mea culpa here because I was all over him being serviceable, and I'm quite wrong. Yeah, Yeah, he... uh, 20-32, 207 yards, sacked once, nothing to write home about. Jacoby Brissett, not uh, a a ton better, but uh, threw for a couple of touchdowns. He was only 21-31, 220 yards, but he threw for two touchdowns. Had a quarterback rating of 109.6. And Cleveland now 2-1, Pittsburgh 1-2. Nick Chubb, 23 carries, 113 yards. Kareem Hunt. Nick Chubb, by the way, helped me out. My fantasy league. Oh, I needed that. Kareem Hunt, 12 carries, 47 yards. Needed that last night. I don't think at this point, because of Mitch Trubisky, I would take, if I was playing fantasy, I would take anyone on the Pittsburgh Steelers. Would you? I mean, Najee Harris is their offense pretty much at this point. Right. And George Pickens looks great, the rookie wide receiver from Georgia. But no, until until they put in Kenny Pickett there, uh, tight end wise, I don't go for Fryermuth. They got to get him out. It it's not mm-hmm. good. Yeah. So uh, that, there you have it. Uh, last night Browns get a win, twenty nine seventeen. Did you find it on Prime? Three weeks into the season now, did you find it on Prime? Did you go for it, or uh, did, did you watch the game last night, Ben? I was actually out. My friends and I do trivia every Thursday night at this bar that plays the games. They have Prime right. or whatever package. So able to watch yeah. it there, and they got me with a, a football history question, and I, I don't know. I had to look inward. I was a disappointment Failed. last okay. night. <laughs> Browns get a win, 29-17, and uh, they uh, have injuries to go along with that. So, um you know, as all teams do on a week-in, a week-out basis. But uh, anyway, that being said, speaking of injuries, I uh, got to find out more about David Bakhtiari and the uh, the team itself. Malafleur went to the podium just uh, a little, a short period of time ago, uh, just before they go out for their uh, Friday practice. Here's what the head coach had to say. We did to ask this question. Will Dave be practicing today? He'll be out there. I was runner-up of said contest. Um, how do you feel about having, you know, Lazard and, and Cobb and all those guys and the overseas core out there. We'll see. We'll, we'll know by game time. 90 minutes before kickoff, we'll know. Yeah, uh, Romeo's played like just slightly less than half the plays, I think, so far. If he had to take on like a 60 play um, responsibility, how could he handle that, do you think? Yeah, we got a lot of confidence in him. Um, he's a guy that. You see it out at, out at practice, his ability, he can run all day. So in terms of a conditioning standpoint, have, you know, no reservations whatsoever. And, and I think he's, he's mentally, he's always engaged. He's locked in. And um, certainly he's probably going to have to take more of a load this week. 
Going back to Lazard and Christian and Sammy, what would you want to see from them today to feel comfortable playing them Sunday? Uh, you know, it, it doesn't necessarily come down to today. It's where are they at on Sunday. So uh, certainly you'd love them to see them running around out there today, but it, it really ultimately isn't going to impact our decision. It's, it's how, the, how are they feeling and where are they at on Sunday. I know Alan limped off at one point on Sunday. Is, is, it, is it that, or are you just being a little safe with him considering what he's coming off of? Um, yeah. <laughs> now, what's the biggest strength of your defense against a, a caliber quarterback like Free? We all know what he's done, what his resume says, but what is the biggest strength of your defense going up against him? I think it's just uh, that we got a veteran group that's played together, and um, certainly we're going to have to mix some things up potentially and um, because there's nothing that you, Tom hasn't seen. So um, our, we're going to have to do a great job. Everybody's going to have to own their responsibility and, and play within themselves and within the scheme. Do you ever step into those decisions in game? Or do you just kind of let Joe ride what he wants to do? Uh, I think those, we're always talking in game, but uh, and if you feel something, um, then certainly, yeah, you're involved. But for the most part, you know, you, you let your guys that you hire to do that job do their job. What have you thought of the way Quay and, and Devondre have come together as that tandem? I think they're they're growing each, you know, and every day. Uh, Quay's getting more and more comfortable. Certainly, he's got a lot to. Um, he's just got a lot to experience in front of him. Um, and there's nothing better than for going out there and, and playing in those games. And I think uh, just if you look back, it seems to me that over the last two games, he's he's gotten better within the flow of the game. The longer the game goes, the better he's gotten. On the defensive side, have you seen enough or what you'd like as far as rallying to the football? Something you used to talk about a lot. You've mentioned it a couple times this summer in the sense of like, okay, the first guy arrives, but I want all hats flying to the ball. Yeah, I, I think it could be better. I think we've done a nice job. I would say that it was it was really strong when we started out in training camp. Um, and I, I think we just got to continue to emphasize that as, as a staff and point it out when it's not up to the standard. And um, our guys understand that because, if I mean, last week was a great representation if – somebody misses a tackle, you need somebody else there to, to make that tackle. And so that minimizes the effects of a missed tackle. You guys good? Thank you. All right, guys. Thank you, you good? There you go. That is uh, Matt LaFleur, who was at the podium just a little while ago. Uh, he did say David Bakhtiari is going to be there. Um, so that's good news. Hopefully uh, Bach is back. We'll see what happens. But uh, nevertheless... Uh, by the way, uh, I want to remind you, coming up here about a half an hour from right now, Mike Clemens is going to be here from up in Green Bay. We'll round out the uh, the show with him. So stay tuned for that coming up. But good news that uh, David Bakhtiari back on the practice field again today. Uh, this portion of the program is brought to you by our friends at Cunis, K-U-N-E-S, Cunis Automotive, uh, and also uh, Cunis RV. Go to Cunis, K-U-N-E-S, CunisRV.com. That's CunisRV.com. And you can see all that they have to offer, whether it's RVs, camper vans, travel trailers, whatever it happens to be. They've got it. They do consignments. And uh, right now, you could be talking about winterization. You could be talking about storage. Or 
You could be talking about some of the people that are trading in, trading in, or the late models or what have you, getting great deals on some of the trade-ins or the late models that they still have sitting on the lot. So by all means, get a hold of our friends at Cunis RV because the, uh, the RV season doesn't end until the snow starts flying. I'll tell you that. Go to Cunis, K-U-N-E-S, CunisRV.com. That is CunisRV.com. More of the Bill Michael Show. Ready? This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Now, in Green Bay, here's Mike Clemens. A final day of practice for the Packers before they fly to Florida tomorrow to face the Buccaneers in Tampa. 325 Sunday afternoon. The forecast calls for sunshine and 89 degrees, but it's not the weather that bothers Aaron Rodgers on playing at Raymond James Stadium. What are some of the challenges you faced there in the past? The field has been in not great shape. Uh, they get a lot of play on that field, and sometimes there's some seams and different side. Tom Brady has beat the Packers, led by Aaron Rodgers, three out of four times, but Brady talked about how good Rodgers is. He's navigated him pretty well, and he's done a great job, leads the team, and, you know, they've won a lot of games since he's been there. I knew Brett pretty well. You know, those two guys are pretty, two great quarterbacks for a long period of time in one place. The Buccaneers are one of the most physical teams in the league, including their running back, Leonard Fournette, Packers nose tackle, Kenny Clark. It's a huge game. Um, I mean, I think everybody understands that. And, uh, I mean, just that in itself, I mean, you playing Tom Brady, but that in itself, is, it's a huge game. So um, we, we got to be up for it. And Mallow Fleur asked how Kenny Clark has been doing so far after his teammates voted him a team captain. Kenny's been fantastic, uh, just in terms of not only in the run game, in the pass game as well. You know, I think he's he's a complete player. That's Packers head coach Matt LaFleur. In Green Bay, I'm Mike Clemens on the Bill Michaels Show. Good day! Last night, Colton Wong was a machine. He, uh, he seemingly did it. He did. He did it all himself last night, short of pitching. Uh, last night, three dingers drove in all the runs. Five to one, the Brewers get a win. And uh, they knock off Cincinnati in Cincinnati. 540, uh, the uh, game time again this evening down in the Queen City. That's what you're supposed to do, beat, uh, beat the bad teams. The problem is that they are still sitting today as we wake up two and a half games behind uh, the Phillies or behind uh, the wild in the wild card standings. Phillies uh, a little bit better than them, and uh, you got San Diego and Atlanta and Philadelphia, um, some of the other teams that are all sitting right there ahead of them right now, and they're just trying to trying to climb. But two and a half games back in the wild card standings right now, so you only have what I think uh, thirteen or twelve left to play. Ben, correct me if I'm wrong. Twelve for of- Milwaukee, thirteen for Philly, if I'm not yeah, mistaken. Yeah, twelve. 12 for Milwaukee, and uh, 10 of those 12 are against teams that are sub-500. The only two left on the docket, I think, are St. Louis. Correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah, I believe so. Yeah, I think that's it. But Colton Wong went off. Now, I love it when we talk about a guy, and it may not be in the most flattering of light, and we are here approaching the end of the season. Are we not? Towards the end of the season, we, we've got out of 162 games, we've got 12 remaining, 150 played. It is what it is. Your average, unless you go on a 12-game hitting streak and you're cranking the ball and you put up 12 home runs and, you know, another, what, 20 RBIs, you, you're pretty much, this is what you, you what you are this season. 
So last night, as Colton Wong began to go off, we went over to uh, Texas Roadhouse, and we were getting some some dinner last night, just kind of hanging out up the street and having a beer. So my I start getting texts and tweets and stuff about, well, yeah, you're talking a little bit more about Colton Wong. Look how good he is. Colton Wong has had an okay year. His offense has been subpar. His defense has been subpar. He's hitting 252 with a 776 OPS. He's given you 15 home runs, 46 RBI. Not terrible, but it's not Colton Wong-esque. So I, I love it like like last night made up for everything. You know? Oh, keep talking about him. Yeah, yeah, you'll be talking out of the other side of your face. I get that all the time. It's like you can't be real with anybody if they like a guy or they like a player or they like a team. And then when they do something, they come at you with both barrels. Now, tomorrow night, tonight he could go 0 for 4. Am I going to hear – are we going to hear anything about Colton Wong tonight if he goes 0 for 4, Ben? Will anybody say anything? Likely not. I didn't know people nope. were talking about him anyway. Like, he's Damn straight. He, he hasn't been that good. But I, 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 I sat there last night after the first home run, and we were watching it. We were sitting there at the bar watching it. And I'm like, oh, he got one. Good. Good. You know, you want it, what you would like to see, and this is this is honest, what you would like to see is guys begin to figure it out, guys get on a little bit of a hot streak, maybe propel this team to the postseason, who knows, but at least end on a high note. You know, at least end and go, okay, at least I f- tried to figure some things out at the end. It started to work. I can maybe take that into the offseason, accentuate it, come back positive for next year. That's kind of what you're hoping for, whether Wong's here or not. We'll wait and see. But you get it. That's what you're kind of hoping for. But this thing with fans are, when it comes to baseball, fans are so unbelievably fickle. And it's not a game-to-game basis. It is a season-to-season basis. Because baseball, it's not like the NFL, where if you have one bad game, it could possibly you know, ruin and derail a good portion of your season by the ability to make or not make the playoffs. Now, I get it one game or two games like we're looking at right now in Major League Baseball can't hurt you, but it is such a long season. It's not like the average is going to go from 250 to 350 because he had three home runs last night. So just you wait and see where every – when it comes to baseball, you can go on a roll. Aaron Judge, you clearly tell he's having a hell of a year. Even if he didn't hit another dinger the rest of the way, this is going to be a season to remember for Aaron Judge, without a doubt. But some people just get off the rails, man, game by game. It's like, come on, man. Come on. Uh, Let's do this. We're going to get to the top of the hour. And uh, then a little bit of chit-chat between myself, Ben, Kenny, and you. And after that, Mike Clemens all the time. Because Mike's going to join us, and we're going to talk with him a lot about what's going on this week. Uh, we'll get his thoughts on David Bakhtiari. David Bakhtiari practicing in back-to-back days. That was not supposed to be something that uh, that happens. They were supposed to be a practice, then a day off, then a practice, then a day off, and get him ready and physically ready to uh, to do his thing. So uh, today's a little bit of an anomaly when it comes to David Bakhtiari. So we'll see what uh, what, what Mike's thoughts are all are on all of this. Fish Fry Friday. And if you're going to be heading out to uh, Curly's Waterfront Bar and Grill right there on Pewaukee Lake, they've even got a hashtag today. Fish Fry Friday, Happy Hour, Go Brewers, Fall Weather, Lakeview, Old Fashions, Cajun Shrimp, Bang Bang Shrimp. All that good stuff right over there at Curly's Waterfront Pub and Grill. Uh, You can find them on Facebook. 
Go there and like them. But they got the Cajun Po' Boy going on right now over there as well. So much good stuff. So much good stuff at uh, Curly's Waterfront Pub and Grill on Pewaukee Lake. Go in, watch the game today, tomorrow, or on Sunday for that matter, and uh, tell them we said hi. Good, good stuff. So uh, coming up, we're going to talk with Mike Clemens here in about 15 minutes. Stay tuned for that. Going to talk with Mike a little bit more about this uh, this ball club, this Packers team heading down south to take on Tom Brady. Get his thoughts on all of this. It's all coming up just after the top of the hour. Stay tuned. A lot more of the Bill Michael Show. Hang in there. We'll be back right after this. The Bill Michael Show podcast. Listen, rate, subscribe. 